Final score, Utah 19 and BYU 13. Mark, how did we get there? Utah got three field goals in the first half, made it 9 to nothing, And uh, to start the second half, uh, Utah intercepted a BYU pass at the BYU 23-yard line, and then Tyler Huntley scored on a five-yard run. The PAT was good by Matt Gay, making it 16-0. to Things were in trouble. But Fred Warner recovered a Utah fumble at the Utah 22-yard line. Five plays later, BYU ran this play to get on the board. El Bakri and Tolu Tau, some big boys in on second and goal from the half-yard. Handoff, Ula. Ula into the end zone! Between the tackles for the touchdown! And the Cougars are back in it! At that time, they decided to go for two to get within one score in the game, and it was no good. So it's 16-6 to in favor of Utah. And with two minutes and 35 seconds to go, Utah moved the ball 67 yards to the BYU 20-yard line, and there Matt Gay kicked a 37-yard field goal, putting Utah ahead by a score of 19-6. to Going into the fourth quarter, BYU's defense held Utah on downs, but it was 76 yards away from the BYU goal line. BYU moved it down to the 7-yard line and ran this play. Die vacates, leaving Tanner empty. Strength is left. Snap Mangum. Looks left, looks middle, backpedals, pumps, brings it down. Shuffling to his left, throws for the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown by Trey Dye. The Cougars score with 2.38 to play. So BYU capped that 76-yard drive in a, with 11-play drive. The score coming to Trey Dye. PAT was good by Red Allman, giving uh, the final score of 19-13 to in favor of Utah. BYU got in the end zone twice. Utah got in the end zone one time tonight. BYU not getting into the end zone in the first half when they got down to the three-yard line was the killer. And, in fact, they were in the end zone. Yeah, they were. They had a pass interference on the offense called. And um, that was uh, that, that kind of set the it, – it, it, it affected what happened the rest of the game. And uh, BYU on that drive missed a field goal because they missed the field goal. They went yeah. for a two-point conversion later they didn't make. Uh, you either score the touchdown and you're winning the game the tonight game. Yeah. or you're kicking a field goal and then you're not needing to go for two and you would need only a field goal to tie or win late. Yeah. That would have been a situation that to look to killer. as well. So, you know, BYU not scoring points in the first half when they had that drive down to the three-yard line is, uh, is really kind of a big part of tonight's decision. And, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate to, that the players involved were involved in the plays they were that yeah. went against BYU, and that's just the way it turned out tonight. So the touchdown, or the non-touchdown, the pass that got him into the end zone, uh, it is set up to be a little bit of a pick play, but you just can't make it a pick play. And now you've got to have coaches that explain that properly and teach that properly, and you have to have players that have to understand how you're going to run that little rub. And uh, I thought it was a beautiful play executed by Portland State against BYU, and it was nice of them to steal it and then use it, but they just didn't teach everything they needed to. BYU was outgained tonight by almost 200 yards, yet had the ball in their hands with a chance to win the game late. That's all you could have asked on a night like tonight because BYU struggled for so long, got it together really late. Utah was its own worst enemy. They couldn't turn uh, good field posi- They couldn't turn possessions inside the 10 into touchdowns. They committed 11 penalties. Yeah. They gave BYU two fumbles. They did some things that uh, should hurt them. Didn't hurt them enough tonight. BYU was outgained 430 to 233. BYU's rush game was, uh, again, suboptimal. They found Ula Tolu Tau, but they didn't ride him all night. 116 to 63 is 
the rush tally in favor of Utah. They used 314 pass yards to BYU's 170. Utah, five more first downs than BYU. The Cougars did have a better uh, third down conversion percentage, 6 of 15 to Utah's 3 of 14. BYU ran 63 plays to Utah's 73. BYU under four yards of play. I don't care who you play. You get under four yards of play. You're probably not winning. 5.9 to 3.7 is the yards per play tally. Uh, Utah was on the field on offense five minutes longer. BYU minus in the turnover margin. BYU was sacked uh, three times, and the last one, uh, well, it wasn't really a sack, but Tanner was being th- a hit as he threw on that final fourth down play that ended the game. BYU without a sack on the night. And uh, ni- close. 19, to close. 19 to 13 is your final score. Tanner Mangum ends up 21 for 39. A buck 70, one touchdown, three picks. Passer rating 83.5. Tyler Huntley, 27 for 36, 300 yards. And a passer rating of 145. As a runner, 19 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown. BYU's leading ground gainer, Ula Tolutau, on only five carries. Five for 25, average of five, scores the touchdown. Kavika Fonua, eight for 22. Matt Bushman leads with six carries, six receptions, 50 yards. Hifo, four for 23. Shumway, three for 36. Darren Carrington, seven for a buck 29 to pace the Utes. He was the man on offense for the U. 27 for 36 is 75%. He was tremendous. Tyler Huntley is going to be a stud for Utah, and he's only a sophomore. Let's take a look at our Ken Garf keys to the game. Mark gets us two of them pregame and postgame. Brought to you by Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen. Proud supporters of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Mark, what were your keys to the game for BYU? Number one, BYU had to be pumped up for this game. And, uh, that you know, that means you got to be ready for the start of the game. I don't know. Secondly, keep the drive alive. Give yourself opportunities to make the big play. Now, they had a couple opportunities for big plays, but they didn't get it. And uh, they did put together one, two, oh, three decent drives. Then the scoring drive will have to count, too. So there's four drives that they had in the game. Not enough. Don't let their quarterback beat you. Pressure and control the runs. And uh, I've got to say that uh, he was a major factor in Utah's victory. BYU's first seven drives tonight were three punts and three picks. Well, the, the, and a missed field goal. The, yeah, the fourth drive was the one where they had it in the end zone and then missed the field goal. Right. So the first seven drives, uh, three punts, three picks, and a missed field goal. They came together late, BYU's offense, uh, two touchdowns in the final six drives. But BYU had drives of eight yards, one yard, minus three, seven, nine, minus eight, two, and six. Yeah, it's not fixed, That's but a lot it's of going better. nowhere. It's, it's not fixed, but it's better. It's better. One drive of more than 60 yards tonight to the 76-yard touchdown drive. They had a 60-yard drive that resulted in no points. Utah had a couple of drives, 50-plus. They had three, actually, 53, 66, and 73. A few longer drives for the Utes. Final score, 19-13. to 13. Utah wins seven in a row over BYU, and it will be at least a couple more years before BYU gets a shot to get the Utes here, uh, meaning the next time they get the opportunity, it will have been 10 years since BYU's last win over Utah. A decade. If they don't win it next year in Salt Lake City. Take them one at a time, Greg. I know. They're one I know. They each one has its own but they, they will go at least 10 years between home wins over Utah just because of the way the schedule plays out. So the, uh, the gap will be expanded and extended as they'll play next year's uh, uh, meeting in Salt Lake City. All right. Uh, those were our Ken Garf keys to the game. Thank you, Mark. And uh, we're going to send it to Jason Shepard for Cougar Post Game Live. Post him, Cougar Post Game Live. And then back to the stadium for a press conference 
interviews, players and coaches. That's all coming ahead. Utah wins it here in Provo by a score of 19-13 to 13 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The clock has hit zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Postum Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Postum Post Game Live. Postum, there's a reason. Post Game coverage is also brought to you by Provo Land Title. In 1966, we started with a simple goal service. 50 years later, that goal is now a tradition. And by America First Credit Union, Utah's number one credit union and your winning financial team. Now, let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome into Cougar Postum Post Game Live, your final tonight from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 1913. Utah defeats the BYU Cougars in the rivalry game. BYU has now lost seven in a row to the University of Utah. We will get to the press conference room coming up in just a few minutes. We'll let you hear from players and coaches. But in the meantime, let's get you caught up in other action in college football. Top 25, believe it or not, you know BYU's game was a, was a late one. There's still a game going on in the top 25. It's not even in overtime yet. They're still in the fourth quarter, and a very good one between number 20, Washington State, and Boise State. 39 seconds to go, and Washington State, who trailed by 14 points in the fourth quarter, has come all the way back to tie the game at 31 apiece. We'll uh, try and update you on this one as we get closer to a final score there. Everything else in the top 25 is complete. Number one, Alabama defeated Fresno State 41-10. to It was number five Oklahoma upsetting number two Ohio State in Columbus 31-16 in favor of the Sooners. Number three Clemson defeats number 13 Auburn 14-6. Number four Penn State winners at home over Pitt 33-14 your final score there. Pretty good game at least early on between USC and Stanford. The sixth ranked Trojans defeat the Cardinal 42-24. Number seven Washington all over Montana 63-7 to the final there in Seattle. Number eight, Michigan defeats Cincinnati 36-14. It was number nine, Wisconsin defeating Florida Atlantic 31-14. That game played in Madison. As we all know, the Wisconsin Badgers will be in Provo next Saturday to take on the Cougars. Number 12, LSU defeats Chattanooga 45-10. Number 15, Georgia goes on the road to South Bend and defeats number 24, Notre Dame, by a point 20-19. Number 17, Louisville wins on the road at North Carolina, 47 to 35. Number 18, Virginia Tech blanks Delaware, 27 to nothing. And number 19, Kansas State winners at home over Charlotte, 55-7. And your final score, or excuse me, two more final scores in the top 25. Number 23, TCU defeats Arkansas, 28 to seven. And number 25, Tennessee winners at home, 42 to seven over. Indiana State. Postum has been the perfect family drink for more than 120 years. There's a reason Postum creates warm memories. Visit postum.com. Coming up, we'll get you down to the post-game press conference room where Kalani Sataki will address the media. That's all coming up next on Cougar Postum Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. (laughs) 
Jason Shepard with you on Cougar Post and Post Game Live. The Cougars fall at home today to the University of Utah. Your final score from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 19-13 Utah over the BYU Cougars. Let's quickly pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Let's update you on some other local college football action from the state of Utah. Weber State on the road at Cal today. And the Wildcats put up a fight early on on this one. Cal pulls away, though. The Bears win this win by a final score of 33-20. to Also, Southern Utah, nice win on the road at Stephen F. Austin. The T-Birds win this one by a final score of 51-14. to Number 10, BYU Women's Volleyball taking on Baylor. This game being played at the tournament in Hawaii. The Cougars came into this match uh, having won their first eight matches. A perfect 8-0 on the season. Looking to go 9-0. And things looked really good early on. In fact, after two sets, the Cougars were up 2 to nothing and were leading in the third. BYU won the first set by a score of 25 to 21. They won set number 2, 25 to 22. But then the Baylor Bears came all the way back. They won three straight sets. They went 25-18 in the third, 28-26 in the fourth, and 15-10 in the decisive fifth set and hand the BYU Cougars their very first loss on the season. Up next for BYU women's volleyball, ironically enough, you had women's soccer taking on Utah last night. You had BYU football taking on Utah today. Well, it will be BYU women's volleyball on the road at Utah coming up on Thursday night. Still waiting for the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake, to uh, get to the podium. They've already checked the mics. They've got the uh, the white balance for all of the cameras. So we're expecting Coach Satake and some of the players to be entering the postgame press conference room coming up in just a second. Postum has been the perfect family drink for more than 120 years. There's a reason Postum creates warm memories. Visit them online at postum.com. All right, I think we're going to try and take uh, one more quick break and come back and hear from the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. Your final from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 1913 Utah over BYU. We'll have more of Cougar Postum postgame live coming up after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned Welcome to Cougar Post Game Live. Sets to throw, goes for the end zone, got a man, it's a touchdown! This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Post and Post Game Live. My name is Jason Shepard. Hoping to hear from the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, coming up here in just a moment. If not, you will certainly hear from him coming up uh, in, during the Cougar Locker Room Show. And then again with uh, with Greg and Mark uh, for uh, postgame uh, when they get the one-on-one with Coach Satake. You will for sure hear from him coming up. Uh, we may be able to get to the, the press conference room coming up in just a second. Utah defeats BYU. It's now seven in a row. Your final tonight, 19-13. And really the story for BYU, the positives for BYU was the play of the defense. They played fantastic. The offense 
certainly struggled early on, got into a little bit of rhythm towards the end of the game, but just uh, not enough uh, to be able to get over the hump tonight. Again, your final 19-13. Looks like we'll hear from head coach Kalani Sitake coming up during the Cougar locker room show. So that's going to do it for Cougar Postum Post Game Live. Again, your final score, 19-13. BYU falls to the University of Utah. Show is next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. He's going to go! Touchdown! Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Utah 19, BYU 13 is our final score. Press conference audio is forthcoming when Kaladi and the players uh, take the podium downstairs. We'll get you down there and hear what they have to say. We'll also get some one-on-one time with Kalani when he comes to our broadcast booth. BYU made it interesting. And one way or the other, this game always ends up interesting, doesn't it, Mark? It does. It, you know, and it didn't look like there was going to be much of a chance. And and uh, BYU gets a turnover and gets a score. And they make a nice drive and get a score. And you put two scores in. In fact, uh, we were talking, BYU beat them in the second half. What more do you want? <laughs> but, oh, are, you yeah, really, you want, are you really asking them, or do you want yeah, you Mark? Want more? Yes, yeah, I guess you want. So they beat them, uh, what, four, 13 to 10 in the second half. They outscored them. Yeah. No, the, the, the team that beat the other team is the one that walked well, off the field with the win tonight. And yeah. if you, next time you play them, if you beat them in the first half, you put those two together. Yeah, they got something. Got it, then you got then it. you got something. Yeah. So uh, BYU had the slow start again tonight, yeah. and it uh, did them in. And, uh, again, there was that there was that key turning point in the first half when BYU put together a really nice drive and set themselves up at the three-yard line, and then a play that could be a rub, which works, turned into an offensive P.I., which doesn't work, and took a touchdown off the board. BYU could not recover and then couldn't make the field goal. Yeah, and it's the missing of the field goal part that really rubs you. Yeah, I know you lose by six, but yet you know how that comes into play when you're chasing points, and BYU was and went for two early in the third and didn't get it. And long story short, you got to get some kind of points when you get to the three. And BYU got zip, and BYU's already missed two short field goals this year. And so the confidence that uh, Ed Lamb and the team might have in the kickers right now is not at an all-time high. No. And I don't remember the last time that confidence in kickers at BYU has been at an all-time high. I think it's been too long since the Cougars have really had a weapon or weapons they can rely upon a la Andy Phillips, or Matt Gay looks like he's a good kicker for Utah, where you say that, that, that's the a, that's a guy you really rely on to give you the points you need. That, and, I, and I realize everyone makes mistakes and no one's perfect, but it's a specialized craft to the point where if the snap is good and the hold is good, you should be expected to make field goals of inside 30 yards all the time. And the hold was off. Was it off a little bit? Yeah, it was. Okay. It, it wasn't clean, and he had to adjust the ball in the last second. Okay. But I don't know whether that... I, just, I didn't see that on the first look, so thank you. And then uh, the second part of that is is so important to tie the game up. See, you get it to be 3-3, three and three, you come down there, and you, all of a sudden you have this lift that you're back in the ball game. It's tied. And then after the next score that Utah gets or gets gets ahead, you're still within one score. Your your goal is to always stay within a one score. And that way you always have that opportunity of playing a real football game. And uh, unfortunately, because of that miss, BYU got behind two scores, changed the, it altered the way the game went. And a missed two-point conversion is a letdown in its own way after the high of scoring yeah. a touchdown. You don't convert it, and that's a bit of a drop back. We'll take a, back, a, dr- a break. When we come back, uh, Kalani should be at the podium or close to it. We'll get his postgame a press conference forthcoming. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
BYU football is on the air. The ball's loose on a fumble, and the Cougars have recovered. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Kalani Sitake at the podium downstairs. Uh, there are some positives, but it's hard to really think about it with the loss. <laughs> so um, congratulations to Utah. I thought they played a great game, especially defensively. Um, you know, they executed really well in defense and, and caused some turnovers. And so uh, congrats to them in the win. But um, we're excited to get ready and get get going on the next one. So any questions? How much of a relief was it to piece together that drive in the final few minutes and kind of get the offense clicking? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so it's hard to really think about that right now because you, you only think about what happened lately, right? So uh, I had to watch it on film and see why why we did well in, the, in that those that drive and. Um, you know, we saw some successful things out there, and, and uh, it was nice for our offense to get things clicking, you know. But um, I think we dug a hole uh, early on in, in the game, with, obviously with the turnovers, with the, with the interceptions. And we put, we put our defense in some short fields and some bad positions, you know. I, I believe that touchdown in the, um, the last touchdown that Utah had was off of a pick. Um, and so our, I think our defense is pretty good when we, when we have a full field and, and we have a good punter that pin them deep. And... Uh, I think it's just hard for teams to drive on us, but um, yeah, it just it was uh, not good enough, and, and obviously I'm not happy about it, and, and uh, I'm going to fix it. You know, so that's that's what I have to do. We owe it to our players and our team and our fans to fix this, the issues that we're having on offense. Tanner seems like he's more comfortable during those drives where the tempo was sped up. It was more of a hurry up mm-hmm. because of how much time was left. Is there any thought to maybe adding more tempo consistently through four quarters, kind of trying to speed up the offense a little bit for him? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we thought about everything. That's part of our, our offense, too, is this change of tempo. We did it earlier in, 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 in the half as well, you know, just try to change things up. I think that's what we do. We've done that last year, too, and that's, um, that's kind of a, a what our deal is. We have a lot of different tempos that we can work on, and he does seem a little comfortable, but I, I don't know if you uh, attribute all of it the success of the drives and to, to just, just that, you know, and um, what they evaluated. It's it's really difficult for me to say without watching every everything on film and seeing where the breakdowns and the issues that were that occurred. And what you don't want to do is just give a, a lot of credit to something when it's not actually the reason, you know. So I, I will, that's a factor, but is it the main reason? I don't know. I we'll have to look at film more. How costly, wait until was, how costly was that sequence? When you lost the TD because of the pick play, the offensive pass interference, and missed the field goal. <clears throat> well, I mean, I, I think it, it was a pick. You know, uh, that's not how we run our routes, and um, obviously, you know, um, I believe it was Aleva um, that did it. So, you know, this is something we got to execute better. I mean, we we practice it plenty of times in practice, not doing that, and so why would we ever do that in the game? And it's hard to come down on a kid, you know, especially he's a true sophomore. Um, he had a drop that was costly towards the <laughs> on the last drive too. So uh, nobody feels worse than him right now, you know. But uh, we got to fix it. He, he's talented and, he, and he's got a lot of speed. And um, so if he's going to be out on the field, he needs we need, he needs to be more accountable and can't co- make costly mistakes. So I think it's okay for us to talk to him about that. He understands that. And, but it, it, it's not like his stuff is the most visible ones. You know, there there are some other breakdowns that that uh, make it made it hard and difficult for. Uh, for Tanner to throw, you throw, you know, and I think the part of it is is how Utah played their defense, and, and the other part is that you know whether, whether it's a breakdown in the in the routes or a breakdown in the delivery, um, Tanner's going to be the most visible part of it all. So um, you know we need to look at the film and see what where all the issues are, and 
Um, I was proud of the way that they put those, those drives together. It gave us a chance to win at the, at the end. I, th- I was proud of our defense and the way they played. I mean, that, you know, looking at the, at the last drive, 19 to 13, you're kind of thinking, okay, this is this is <clears throat> going to come down to the, you know, to the to the end. And it was just frustrating that that, that we weren't able to, you know, uh, provide that drive for to win the game. But uh, you know, our defense gave us a chance, and our offense gave us a chance towards the end of the game as a team to win to win it. We had the ball at the end and. I had some time, had some timeouts, and so uh, we practiced that situation all the time. And it just didn't 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 work out this uh, tonight. Why, why wait until the third quarter to play Ula? <clears throat> well, so just just a background on Ula. He he didn't play a lot of camp. You know, I know we we're, were protecting our players and everything, but he didn't. He was injured most of camp, and so his uh, recovery and comeback is his ma- main the main reason why he hasn't been out there as much. I think that uh, we feel like he's more, we're more comfortable with him being on the field now, and uh, you're probably right. We're going to evaluate it, and I think we found a, a really good running back in, in Ulo. That's what we thought that he would do, you know, being a powerful running back for us and being a, a difference maker. And so, uh, looking forward to him being you know full go next week and uh, him being a guy. So I, th- I think you know the silver lining is that we found a running back that we, I mean, we kind of knew what he was going to be about anyways. But I think that. I think he had five rushes, but he's a load. You know, he's a big guy, and uh, there's a reason why Wisconsin signed him out of high school. You talk about fixing things with the offense, and I know this week you alluded to potential changes. What could that mean? Does that mean personnel changes, coaching I guess changes, it anything? covers it all, you know, and so I, I, um, I'll probably have more for you guys on Monday. <laughs> um, but I think that we have to evaluate everything, and that, that goes from top to bottom, and you know, that's my job, so... How did you feel your offensive line played tonight? Uh, I know we gave up uh, a few sacks, and um, you know the one was a, a corner, a corner blitz was a really good call, and we missed a, we messed up on some some protection issues, you know, and, and uh, that, that had to do a little bit with communication with the back, and but you know, and, and finding, but you have a team that that has uh, they can do so many different things defensively with their with their defensive backs, what Utah does, and they disguise the blitz really well, and. Um, you know, I, I think the old line held their own. I thought, I thought uh, we could have, we got to get more movement on the line of scrimmage, but um, I, I don't think that that was. I mean, you're going against a really good D line. Trust me, I know those guys. You know, so that's a that's a really good D line. And when when you have two 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 tackles, D tackles on your team that are captains, that's a that's a good thing. That's I was there when those guys were true freshmen, and so it's it's nice that they're seniors now. So I don't have to see them next year. What was the biggest challenge with defending Tyler Huntley? It, it seemed like he was pretty slippery when he yeah. was <clears throat> Really good player. And and um I mentioned it before in the media that, that he's uh he's a dual threat and he can run the ball and, and um he's elusive and he's slippery, but um I I, I thought he did well running the ball. He almost got hundred yards rushing and uh he was able to uh just with with our pressures and our movement, we're, we're even when we were getting close to him, he was able to run out of the way and throw the ball away and um, extend plays. So he doesn't cost you with, with the way that he can run. He can extend plays even when he has to get rid of the ball and doesn't put them in a hole. You know, so uh, really good quarterback. I thought uh, thought they did a good job preparing him for the game. You know, um, but yeah, I, he's a, he's a starter. I can see why. I've said that before, but. Um, you know, I thought that defensively we did a pretty good job. 
containing it, but we didn't do a good enough job getting sacks and everything. But I think that a lot of that has to do with his movement and his ability to get rid of the ball quickly. They extended their streak in the series, but do you feel like the talent is, is pretty close between the two teams at this point? Do you feel like you're making ground there? Well, I hope so. You know, I mean, they're, they're close games, and we did not play well to the, tonight. I mean, really frustrated uh, at, at the whole thing, you know, and um, we just really wanted this this game, you know. So now we have to wait another year and look for that. Look forward to that, but we don't have time to hang our heads now. We got we got a, t- a top ten team coming to town, and so we got to move on and, and learn as much as we can from this game and and be proud of the, some of the positive things that we did, you know, but. Um, Yes, we, we need to win. And so uh, it doesn't help you hanging your head thinking about this other than just fixing the issues and fixing the problems and making sure that that doesn't show up next week. And let's play a full 60 minutes as a team and see how good we can be able to do that. You mentioned the defensive performance. They they were able to get inside the 10-yard line a number of times. We only gave up the one touchdown. Then but don't break kind of flat. They really just seemed to stiffen when they got their backs yeah. to the goal line. Well, I've, I've heard that term a lot, you know, bend but don't break. And, and whenever you – I mean, I'm pretty sure Coach Witt wasn't happy with three field goals to open up the game. And so um, I'm, I'm proud of our guys, you know, holding that part up. And um, But, you know, we gave up a lot of big plays, whether they're, you know, I think they had a couple of big passes downfield. And um, some of some of them were were, um, were mistakes, but some of them they just made a great play, you know. So um, it's a good team. That's a good team. They, they, they are able to keep you on your heels with the run game, and they're committed to it, especially with the running back and the quarterback. But I think the QB was the main. Yeah, if I look at the stats, I mean, Zach Moss, <clears throat> if you had told me that we held him to 1.9 yards a carry, I would have been really happy with that, you know. But the quarterback, they, they're committed to him running the ball. Last week he ran 18 times against um, North Dakota, and tonight he ran 19 times. So um, they're committed to him running the ball, and, and he was their best running back tonight. And, um, we didn't do a good enough job holding him down. I mean, he averaged 4.7, you know. But um, I thought I thought we started to, started to feel a little bit better towards the end and started to understand a little bit more about how to defend him and get get a good got a good feel for for the, uh, defending him. But there there some great players over there. Carrington is a great receiver, and um, their O line's big and physical. So yeah, give give them a lot of credit. I mean, I think they're going to do well in the Pac-12. In the fourth quarter, were you surprised when Utah went for it on fourth down? No, I, I kind of. Well, the kicker was over there, kind of practicing his kicks, and it was not a really good selling job. So we just didn't buy it, and 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 um, I thought that was really cool that Coach Witt had that two huddles out there, and but the the kicker wasn't even taking his steps; he was just kicking air. And so maybe they can work on acting on that one later. But um, I was proud of our guys on that, you know. But we we. When you're going into those those um, that moment, you're just hoping that. For me, I was hoping that they would go. I thought it could be a good momentum shift for us. You know, it could be something that can get the crowd into it, and it just worked out. And the guys made a great play, and <clears throat> you know, and it was just it was nice though. So it was, that, that was a good part part of the night. Um, just wish we had more plays than that. Michael was available in the second half, but he didn't come into the game, right? No. What was behind yeah. that decision? Well, I mean, he's had uh, he's had some issues with targeting. We we know that, and and we'll, he'll be ready for next week. And so we'll just leave it at that. And, I think he's learned his lesson, you know, but we'll look forward to him coming back as soon as he can. All right, thank you. All right, guys, thank you. Thank you. Happy night. All right, to Ula Tolutau and Matt Bushman coming up next here on the Cougar Locker Room Show. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
now to the press conference area. Matt Bushman, BYU tight end, and Ula Tolutau, BYU running back at the podium. Ula came in, just had his first appearance, and he did a great job. I mean, um, yeah, we just have to catch the ball. When the defense helps us out, we just have to keep executing and just not rely on third-down conversions like every every drive. We have to get some first downs. We have to get some, make some big plays. So we just have to keep moving forward, and that's the plan from here on out. Was it a relief to piece together that drive in the, in the final few minutes of the game, a successful offensive drive marching down the field like that? I mean, not necessarily a relief because we know we can do it. We have confidence. Like in practice in games, we know we can do it. It's just um, it hasn't happened yet. So it just felt good to finally <clears throat> get things going and have that momentum, show what we can do on the field. How would you characterize Tanner's attitude? I mean, well, actually, three interceptions tonight. I mean, what was sort of his mood in the, in the huddle late in the games that went on? Late in the game, until the very end, we knew that we were going to, we had the plan to win this game. Unfortunately, that last drive, it didn't happen, but we had the plan. He was confident. He was um, keeping us motivated. To, when we had that minute and 20 left, we were going to go down and score and try to win that game, but unfortunately, it, it didn't happen. So, Matt, you guys had that big drive in the first first half. It looked like you'd taken the lead, and then you ended up with no points and then missed the field goal. How big of a shift was that? Because it went from looking like you had the TD to ending up with zero points, and it didn't. It seemed like the offense didn't recover for a while. Yeah, it was definitely a big momentum shift. We just charged down the field, scored a touchdown, got it called back, moved back 15 yards, and. I mean, we didn't, we didn't make that PAT, but I mean, we would have had the lead. We would have come out with more confidence. We would have, the defense would have felt great. So, I mean, things like that, we just have to, we just have to execute. We have to make those plays. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. Well, Kalani was in here talking about your performance today and just said that the silver lining in this loss was that they found a running back. How does that make you feel, knowing he's saying that about you? Um, it feels good. Um, it definitely felt good to, to go in the game today and to, to get some touches, so it definitely felt good to finally get running. So, was it a bigger deal because your struggles were fall camp with you know being a little bit banged up and that kind of thing? Did it feel that much better being able to get in the game and contribute the way you did? Like, was my injury still because of your struggles there in fall camp? Yeah, no, it felt good. Like, my I've, I've been recovering from that fall camp injury, so it just I mean, I'm at 100, so should be good from now. How was it to get in the end zone? Oh, so fun. <laughs> it's fun, and especially against Utah. You know, it's just it's a rivalry. We don't like them, and so just felt good to get in the end zone. Well, I know it's your first taste of it playing here, but um, do you, I mean, knowing so many of those guys on the other side, do you feel like you guys are pretty much even talent-wise? You feel pretty close. With, with some of the you boys? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like, what, wait, what was you your question? Like your team is stacked up evenly talent-wise with, with Utah. Yeah. I feel like our team is, is we're good. We're good. We just we haven't showed our full potential. We just haven't. And so that's what we need to work on and it's gonna come. What do you think your full potential is? Well, we gotta get that running game going. Set up the play action, so it's gonna be good. <laughs> The running backs overall had a, a much better time running the ball than especially last week, and not just you, but also Kavika and, and Trey got involved a little bit. Do you feel like you guys are kind of starting to put it together? Like yeah, that? it's starting to come together, especially with the O-line. You know, they're making holes, and it's just our job. We just got to attack it and get some yards.
Matt, do you feel there was enough progress comparing the offensive output against LSU to the output tonight to build on and go forward? Yeah, we can build on it. We can see the positives that happened, uh, the plays that helped us get that momentum, help us charge down the field and just use our strengths, um, eliminate the weaknesses, and just keep moving forward. I mean, I think we, should, we shouldn't have to rely on our defense all the time. They're, they're a great defense, but we need to help them out. They're on the field a long time, so I think we can move on forward from what we've seen and just try to strengthen what we have. One thing that's missing that is the big plays. You've got a couple of 20-yarders. They have a couple of 40-yarders. And last week, of course, weren't able to get any big plays either. How, how big of a difference does it make when you can get a big chunk play, 25-plus, and, and really kind of you know build something up for those of you guys just haven't had very many? Yeah, they make a huge difference. It deflates the defense. It deflates their confidence, and it helps us keep charging forward. Um, I feel like we need to do better at uh, just breaking tackles. A lot of times we're catching the ball and they're right there, but we can still try to shake them off and try to get a few yards after the catch. Um, that hasn't really happened, so we just um, just need to make those big plays, and um, the guys that catch it need to uh, we need to do our best to just break tackles and keep keep running. Matt, did you get the sense that Tanner felt more comfortable when the tempo of the offense kind of increased? Did you feel like he felt more comfortable in that aspect? Yeah, definitely. I think we all felt more comfortable. You have the defense on their heels. They're they're trying to make adjustments, and we're just we have that momentum, and um, we have the confidence to keep going forward. So yeah, we all feel more comfortable. I think Tanner felt really comfortable when that happened, just because the defense doesn't necessarily know what to do, and we find those holes and execute. Thank you. Thank right, you. That is uh, Ula Tolutau and Matt Bushman, Butch Pau'u and Matt Hadley at the podium next here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. BYU football is on the air. Passing into the end zone for a score. There it is. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. BYU linebackers Butch Pau'u and Matt Hadley at the podium downstairs. Our defense, I guess you could say, and hit five-yard routes. And then he would hit a long one on us when we were all blitzing. And so he did a good job today of managing their offense. We just got to do a better job of making sure that they don't – that they that we get out on third downs. We didn't see that again today. I mean, we need to do a better job of them not scoring that many points. I mean, 19 is for us is a lot. We we feel like as a defense we can hold our any opponent to zero points, and so we just got to play better, make sure that we're assignment sound, and continue to do well and just move on from this game. On that end, points are points, but does it feel a little bit better when they kind of have to keep settling for those field goals? I guess I mean, 13 of their 19 points I think came on. From, from their kickers. So. Right. Does that make you guys feel a little bit better? Maybe? It makes us feel a little better, but not enough just because, I mean, these teams, if they get three points, that's great for them. And so our whole objective is to make sure that our defense plays well enough to where, I mean, at the third and fourth quarter, our goal was to make sure that they don't pass the 50. And we're capable of doing that. So, I mean, we just had some assignment errors. It was, it was very loud today where – we couldn't get our calls um, to our defensive line, and so that probably is why they had some plays, big plays. And so, I mean, I mean, we can make a ton of excuses, but we just got to make sure that we play our best so that that doesn't happen again. But in, in the fourth quarter, they go for it on fourth and one. You guys stop Zach Moss for a five-yard loss. Um, what, what, what did you read defensively that 
made it easy to stop them. I mean, they just seem like they can figure out where to go on the play. Yeah, you know, we were. I was expecting a, a quarterback sneak because they had done that for the first time, were successful. Second time, they weren't. So I was expecting them to come back to it. <laughs> um, but what we made sure to tell each other right before we got back out onto the field was everyone just do their assignment. And so Matt had the assignment of just staying outside, and he made the play. And so the safeties came down to him, made the play, and the whole week the coaches made put an emphasis on doing our 111th. Everyone just doing their own assignment, and we'll make plays. And you saw that today. just wasn't enough, but we'll get back. Matt, talk about that play, just what you saw there. And that was, that was at least gave you guys a chance, to, you know, gave the offense a chance. Uh, yeah, like Bush said, I, I mean, I was just – I really was just trying to do my part, um, you know, my 111th. I did kind of see an opportunity there to, to shoot inside, and, and I took it. I mean, I was – I you know, when the, when the tight end came around to reach block me to get around to my right side, you know, I thought just shoot up in there and uh, and, and let's make a play, and, and I was able to. And everybody just, you know, came behind me and, and started flowing with it and, and helped me out, gang tackle. So, yeah. You guys have been not great. You guys mentioned it, Bush, but you know made some assignment errors both of the last two weeks, but have played well enough that you guys at least maybe had a chance late in the game to win, even tonight. Is it frustrating just in that sense that the offense just hasn't been able to put together what they're capable of and be able to, to give you that support on the other side of the ball? Um, I mean... I don't know if like frustrating like it's you don't want to be frustrated with them because you know they see that and uh, it's the same with uh, we wouldn't want you know to come off the sideline after giving up, t- up a touchdown and looking at them and, and seeing them frustrated with us it's just you know we try to keep our heads up and and uh you know and and, and try to help them keep their heads up and encourage them I mean yeah of course we, we would want them to put up more points and and but I'm sure that you know Laz Butch has been saying we could do a better job and and hold them to even less points, you know, so that our offense doesn't have to, you know, try to march all 90 yards down the field with a minute and 15 seconds left in the game. So, you know, yeah, I mean, obviously yeah, we would like to see, you know, more points, but we got to do a better job as well. Yeah. Utah fans will say, I mean, the point to seven in a row, I know you guys obviously aren't responsible for it going all the way back in that, that streak, but do you feel that sort of pain, or do you just see this as one game and, and move on? Um, I mean, me personally, I, I just, I mean, yeah, it's hard not to look at that and think, well, you know, that that was a lot of my time here, um, most of my time here. Uh, but, you know, it's this season. You can't really think about the past. The past, you know, isn't going to help us get wins in the future. And uh, and so yeah, this is for this season. It was just it's frustrating because it's our rival, and, and you know we lost lost a close game. But it's just on to the next now for us. It's can't really focus on that and and what you know Utah will say about the about the streak. Okay, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. All right, uh, linebackers are Matt Hadley and. Butch Pau'u at the podium. We'll take a break. That wraps it up for the Cougar Locker Room Show. Head coach the Cougars, Kalani Satake, will be joining us shortly in our broadcast booth. Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons here at a uh, Lavelle Bridge Stadium that was tonight sold out. 63,470. The Utes, 19. BYU, 13. So the last two games, Utah didn't score more than 20 in either and won both. This is BYU football on the new skin BYU Sports Network. 
Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. He walks in for six. Touchdown, Cougars. Now let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Utah 19 and BYU 13 is our final score. The head coach, the Cougars, Kalani Satake, will join us shortly. Before he does, let's hear for what uh, let's hear what Kyle Whittingham had to say. The head coach of the Utes spoke to the media a short time ago. Emma Latin, intern Emma, got these comments just a little while ago. Okay, uh, still got a lot to work on. Um, penalized way too much, uh, relying too much on Tyler Huntley uh, in the run game. You know, we got to get some help for him in the run game, or he won't be able to hold up for the season. So we got we got our issues. Uh, that team played hard. We played tonight. They're well coached. Um, love their head coach and love what he's doing. And uh, they they played hard. Uh, statistically, you know, the score was closer than the statistics. You know, we should we didn't do a good job scoring in the red zone, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. We didn't do a good job on third down. Um, we just we just don't seem to be quite in sync offensively yet. You know, I think it's still a work in progress. Uh, defensively, I thought we played very well. Gave up a couple things, but but uh, overall, thought we played very well. Held, held them to two thirty or forty, whatever it was, and. We got about 450, so statistically we beat them up, but that doesn't matter. The score is what matters. And uh, proud of Matt Gay, our, our kicker. And I should have gone to him there, fourth and one, make it a three-score game. Uh, I got to just li- listen to myself and not uh, not get caught up in some things. But uh, uh, you know, he may not have made it. You know, who knows? But but that was probably the wrong decision to make at that time to to go for it on fourth and one. Um, thought our receivers played well. Uh, caught some caught some big balls down the field. Uh, Chelsea Wilson caught that deep post. Uh, Carrington, I don't know what he came away with five, six, seven, eight catches, but he was seven. He was he was good again. But the, the things we got to do better. We got to get more rushing production from non-Tyler Huntley runs because we don't have enough. We got to clean up the penalties. Continue to clean up the penalties. The red zone issue reared its head again today uh, from last year. And uh, defensively, I thought we got some takeaways. But we have three. Three, three takeaways, had some sacks, so the impact plays went up. But uh, at any time you play down here, I mean, it's going to be tough. We didn't come expect to come in here and just, just uh, you know, have, have an easy time. We, we knew it was going to be a dogfight. Every single one of these is. It just is how it goes. It's down to the last series or the last play, and tonight was no different. I said that all week long. I don't care what had happened previously. Uh, that's just how this, this series has been, and it's been uh, very hard fought. So... Questions. That's enough spewing. Well, how much of the, the rivalry game plays into some of those penalties? Obviously, you were penalized a lot last week, but how much of that do you think? I don't think it does. I don't think it. You know, they, they weren't ignorant penalties. You know, they weren't. You know, malicious late hits or just stupid things, swinging at somebody. You know, but uh, still, we, we're too, too many penalties. What do we have tonight? We had 100 yards in penalties. Somebody look it up for me. I know. Ninety-seven. hundred. Yeah. So basically, 100 yards of penalties. Too much. It's too much, and you can't it can't continue. You know, we had 140 something last week and 90 something this week. But what I am proud of is our players. Uh, I can't tell you how proud I am of them and our coaches. Even though we're not hitting on all cylinders right now, uh, we're working hard. Uh, everybody has bought in. We've got a great buy-in on this staff and in this uh, in this program with the players, and they care about each other, which is good. So. What, what needs to change with the run game for Tyler? Well, got to look at film. Too much? Uh, no, I think he's making the right decisions. It's just you know some of the pure, and I'm not talking about the 
the uh, the Q run game, you know, when he's involved, but when, when it's the pure run game, when he's not in a read situation, he's just handing the ball to our backs, we got to be more efficient and get more done with that. Was there just not enough of those plays called tonight? Uh, no, I think there was enough to get something going. We just never got much going with it, and we got to we got to do a better job. We put the ball on the ground. Uh, what did we have? Two turnovers? I think we had two, so we're plus one. Yeah, so it can't happen. I mean, it's just not if you want to be a really good team. How it can't you, happen. How do you fix the penalties in practice? Well, we address them every week, and uh, there's there's uh, punishment that goes along with it, and uh, you just keep coaching it. Uh, technique on the outside, we seem to be getting the majority of our penalties on the perimeter with the blocking and holding in particular, and we had three or four of those tonight. Uh, one was from running back and a couple from wide receivers. And we also are, yeah, Tyler's got to understand when we've got the RPOs called, uh, the run pass options, he can't really scramble around and throw the ball because the linemen are, <laughs> are going to be downfield. And so that's another issue. But but uh, we'll just keep working at it. And, you know, keep now, working. Do you think the, the heavy plays made the difference tonight? I do. I absolutely do. Yeah, and that's something we missed last week. By the, by the way, that team, North Dakota, beat the dog out of. Missouri State, who scored like 40-something on Missouri last week. So I'm still convinced that was a really good team we played last week, and hats off to those guys. But uh, the impact plays, the havoc plays, those are what we're all about on defense. And we came away. That was a beautiful pick by Jalen Johnson. Down the side, they played that just right, looked lean, tilted his head up, and came away with the ball. And, and Booby Hobbs stepped in front of one early. Uh, Moko Fisi got a pick. Uh, did we just have three picks? Did we, yeah. And no fumble recoveries, right? Yeah. So... You didn't seem to have any issues last week with snaps, but that kind of... Yeah, that was another thing. I, I, yeah. underlying it's tough to get the uh, the play underway if you can't get the snap underway. And so we gotta we got to fix that, and that just showed up tonight. You know, that was it reared its head tonight and wasn't it hasn't been a big deal in practice. It hasn't been an issue at all. So, like I said, we've got a laundry list of things to do that will keep us very busy all next week and getting ready for San Jose. Is there something you can pinpoint on finishing those drives, or is it just kind of something errant going wrong each time. Each time seems to be something else and uh, you know we've got you know, field goals are you know like I said Matt Gay had a great night tonight but uh, we don't want to finish red zone drives with field goals. You don't want to do that because it's instead of 9 to nothing it's 21 nothing if you, if you can get touchdowns instead of instead of field goals. Third down efficiency. Awful. Concerning. Yeah, very concerning. Yeah, we were not good at what we 3 of 14 something yeah. like that tonight which nowhere near good enough. You know, that's down around 20% and uh, not good enough. So, like I said, we, we've got a lot of work to do. I just keep repeating myself. But, but the bottom line is, got the win, did what we needed to do, and uh, got another group of seniors that's leaving this program that has never tasted defeat in the rivalry game, and, and uh, that's that's our objective. That's what we want to do. Well, I think you guys a little bit more insight into how Matt came to be. Yeah, we, you just, uh, it was a, a recommendation by a kicking friend, coach, kind of like a kicking guru guy that works with kickers all across the country, uh, gave us a recommendation. We had an open tryout, and uh, he uh, did very well. So it was a camp, not a tryout, a camp. So. How, uh, how do you feel like you guys uh, your defense responded when you lose to Tatiola? You know, that, yeah, that call. Um, I guess that's the nature of college football now, so I guess I shouldn't say anything, but but uh, he's a team leader. You know, he's one of our guys that that uh, is an inspirational guy. He's very, very uh, passionate, and uh, it hurt. You know, but Cody Barton stepped in, and Donovan Thompson stepped in, and picked up the slack, and that's what has to happen. You know, they. 
All right, that was Kyle Whittingham, the head coach of the Utah Utes. His media comments a short time ago. And as we conclude with Kyle, we bring in the head coach of the Cougars now, Kalani Satake. Kalani joining us here in our broadcast booth at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, where it was sold out tonight, uh, 63,470 on hand to watch another one go down to the wire, as these do, BYU and Utah. The Utes win it by a score of 19 to 13. Now, Coach Satake, now that you're up here and have had some time to settle with it a little bit, in a lot of ways it was a typical BYU-Utah game in that a team had a shot to win it when the final possession, and that was you guys tonight. Yeah, just... Hold on, Kalani. I don't think we have your mic ready to roll there. No, we'll... Uh, Put this other mic on you instead, Colony. We'll switch headsets. Hopefully, that's okay. That one wasn't turned on, and this one certainly is. There we go. Can you hear us okay? Yep. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, just about the fact that uh, you did give yourself a shot to win this thing at the end here. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, if we, could, it's all the coulda, shouldas, right? So yeah, uh, just a little, a just a little, just really disappointing in, in the outcome and. I'm getting sick of having to apologize to BYU fans, you know, for um, for us not playing a full 60 minutes. But um, it makes me sick that we didn't play our best, and um, I need to get this thing fixed. And so that's going to be the goal, get, make sure that when we play Wisconsin here next week that it's a different outcome and that we play full 60 minutes and we, play, we start fast and finish. And so um, having the ball at the end, I mean, we felt like the momentum has shifted, you know, and, and um, just – just had uh, two drop balls didn't really help much you know so um i th- i thought that uh i don't know i thought i felt like we had some good momentum but i had to evaluate all the film it, it, we didn't lose the game on that last drive we lost the game uh the first half and and uh the parts that we really couldn't do much offensively and um it keeps showing up i believe we went 10 quarters without sh- scoring a touchdown you know and um just can't win when you do that and so yeah, just a lot of frustration right now, but we'll get it fixed. We have to. Boy, there were a lot of close. You know, when you're talking about uh, ifs and buts in this game, uh, Treneman did a heck of a job to get to the open area on that kickoff return, and looks like he's going to be able to take that to the house and just one slap of the foot takes him down. <laughs> yeah, game of inches, and, and I believe we didn't do anything with that drive. Went backwards right. and punted. You know, yeah, so... Um, it just just uh, just not taking advantage of of um, big plays and you know but it, it's it's a game of inches so a guy slaps a, a foot and he falls down and um, everything changes but we had the ball around midfield and yeah. a short field for once for us you know and yeah. um, we just so many costly mistakes the turnovers is just just that's ridiculous you can't win many games when you do that and we have a good defense. I, I was really proud of the way the guys played, um, especially defensively. They just played really hard, but we can't continue to put them in bad positions. You know, uh, short fields and things like that. Um, if if you have to drive 80 or 75 yards to score on our defense, it's probably not going to work out well for you. But can't give them the ball in the red zone already, and can't turn the ball over. And um, uh, we have to evaluate why that those happened and, um, and and fix them. And so it's really difficult for me to do that right now and, and associate all the. I mean, all the problems go directly to the quarterback first, you know. And so uh, we understand that, but we also have to look at, at all the other parts of it too. You've coached <coughs> you've coached two rivalry games now against Utah. They've scored twenty. They've scored nineteen. Those are numbers you'd expect to be able to do some things with. And you've had eight takeaways in the two games and haven't gotten the results. And and really, it's a uh, 
it's been a situation where the offense just hasn't gotten into the rhythm they need for a game-long situation to give you guys the result you need to this point. Yeah, and, and um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, we relied heavily on Jamal last year to, to get us out of some, some issues, you know, but when you don't have a solid run game, and I believe Jamal was banged up last year in the game. Yeah, so um, uh, when, when you don't run the ball effectively as an offense, um, it's really tough sledding. It's tough to win games, you know. So um, the fact that, that uh, I, I don't know, we couldn't get much movement on the run at all. And I think we, we put Ula in there, and he kind of charged us up a little bit, you know. And uh, we just got we got behind in points, and we had to catch up a little bit and play some two-minute offense. And um, just not the way that uh, we wanted to execute tonight at all. Ula was the spark uh, when he came in. He had all the plays. He had ran all the plays in the short field touchdown that uh, that he ended up scoring. He had five carries tonight. If you think he is the guy he is, how many carries should he have next week against Wisconsin? Yeah, he's he's going to be our running back, and so he's he's a guy that um, we we knew going into this um, fall camp that he was going to be a guy that was going to be uh, important for us in the run game. The problem that we had was the he was. I mean, I, I think it's okay for me to say he was banged up during camp and missed a lot of camp time and practice time. So yeah. uh, we feel like he's finally come back and, and he's getting close to 100%, you know. So um, he's got to be a guy for us, and, and, um, and we'll see how it, how it all works together. But I, I think for him is just to get enough reps so he can be an every-down guy and he can be in there regardless of, when, of uh, what the down distance or wh- whether it's two-minute or four-minute. Did you plan to play him only in the second half tonight? No, I think it just – I don't know how many plays we got in the first half, but I don't know if we got enough momentum and things going right away. Um, I think we we planned on him playing early. Did he not enter until the I third quarter? I think he quarter? played until the second half. I think, yeah. I think Kavika and Swally yeah. got everything in the So we're going to have to evaluate everything. And um, whether it's personnel or scheme or um, – I mean, top to bottom, that's my job is to evaluate all of it. Um, thought we had a good handle on everything until uh, until the game tonight. You know, so – Obviously, got to go back and, and go back to the drawing board and see what we can do to improve, and so we can win games and give us a chance to win games. Three games in, coach, uh, you're starting to figure out who's who, right? And uh, are you able to evaluate your personnel well enough, or you're still it's still things that are open in different areas? No, I think I think we have a good handle on on our on our personnel, um, especially defensively. We feel really comfortable with our front seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had to shift some guys around um, with targeting penalties and other things, but we feel really comfortable with our defensive group, um, with personnel and scheme. Offensively, we need to we need to look at some things, and, and I thought we had a good handle on it. And um, but I don't. I've said it before in the in the press conference. I don't want to associate all the problems and blame it on one thing. It could be a combination of a bunch of stuff, and so we'll have to look at it. And I I just need to get get it fixed and then um that, that that's i don't know how else to say it but from from all aspects top to bottom we have to evaluate it all miss field goal in portland state game miss short field goal tonight to kick off out of bounds when you try and go mid distance so there have been some letdowns in the kicking game that probably surprised you based on how they kicked it in camp yeah really disappointed in that i i thought johnny punted pretty well you know um didn't didn't run a fake punt when we didn't have one called. However, the first yeah. punt that he kicked was really one that he should have taken off on. Well, I mean, that's I think I think he made the wise decision. Yeah, you know, I agree to, with you though. Trying to keep our our, our defense um, just flip the field and play field yeah. position a little bit, and that's what he does best, you know. But I'm really disappointed that we missed that field goal. I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine. I think he he might have pulled it 
um, uh, I believe it missed left, and so I have to look at it again. And uh, you know, I thought our kickoff cover team covered really well yeah. downfield and, and made them. We pinned them back pretty good, you know. And um, disappointed in, in that that we were just trying to put the ball in play. I mean, I think they they gave us the look that we were looking for right right away and uh, just kicked the ball out of bounds, which um, yeah. which when they punted it put us on the nine yard line rather than possibly you know give us a little bit more space and things yeah. like that but uh all of that combined is why we lost and um I, like i said i'm seeing sick of apologizing to the BYU fans for it and so uh things need to happen we'll take a break uh, closing comments from the coach straight ahead utah wins at 19 to 13 here on the new skin byu sports network Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Welcome back to Provo's Lavelle Bridge Stadium. We're a sold-out crowd. Watch Utah hold off BYU by a score of 19-13 to tonight. Uh, BYU got the ball back about 90 yards away, a little more than a minute to go, and uh, just couldn't move the chains, the needed times to keep this thing going to the end. Utah was able to kneel it out and uh, take a seventh straight win over the Cougs. 19-13 to is our final score. Final moments now with the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. And you go from uh, from one team, will probably be ranked this next week, Utah, to a team that already is and has been in Wisconsin. And they've looked good in their first couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think, uh, are they in the top ten? I can't they were ranked ninth coming into today. Yeah, so I mean, I'm <clears throat> just really grateful that we had a great crowd tonight, and um, they they helped us get through some t- some tough times, you know. So hopefully they can uh, give us that edge again next week, and uh, we can put out a better product than what we did tonight. So I, I'm looking forward to that game, and can't wait to get moving on that. And obviously, going to fix some things that we that we need to get corrected from this game. But um, looking forward to ha- having it being at home again next week. Now, the spread offense that Utah ran, uh, was it hard for your scout team to kind of assimilate it? Was it, you know, it's just so much quicker as you get to game time? Um, no, I, I thought I thought we, you know, Portland State is very similar, you know, but um, I thought, um, you know, we had Austin Kofens just give us a good look at quarterback. And, yeah. Um, I don't know, I, I, I just don't think that defensively I was happy with the way they played. I, I thought... Uh, they weren't perfect, you know. Um, we we I think we forced three fumbles, got two of them, and um, but there's some there's some things that we can fix there. I mean, when you when you lose these type of games, you just look try to sure. pick on everything, and but they can play better. And and uh, I just I think a lot of credit has to go to the way Utah played the game. They they, they uh, the quarterback is really elusive and and found ways to just move around and even get rid of the football instead, yeah, of, instead, the of, being, out of, yeah, instead of being second and 17 or second and 10. And yeah. that's just really smart. He, he played a really smart game. And uh, Wisconsin's probably more of the same power run, big guys up front. Yeah, they're a power run team, and, and um, they do a lot of different things. I think um, they played Utah State early, you know, and, and um, they they, they, they uh, pro-style type of offense. Um, so I don't think their quarterback's m- much of a runner like uh, – like Utah and Portland State, and so more traditional. Um, we're, we're just going to have to find ways to advance the ball, get first downs, and get points on the board because 13 will not do it. 
Wisconsin ran for 357 today with a couple of backs, each going over 100. One went over 200, but uh, quarterback run is not part of their game plan. Uh, but their so opponent was an average team, right? It uh, was Florida Atlantic. And, and they had a 31 point. They, was, they didn't even cover the spread, Greg. It was 31 to 14. and uh, 31 was the spread. Able to run the ball a lot today and uh, do so <laughs> successfully. So BYU-Wisconsin is a daytime game next week here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And uh, Coach Sataki will uh, have a work uh, a week ahead of you to get ready for it and get these guys ready to roll. And you did find some things you liked tonight. Uh, Ula is one of them, and and uh, ironically, uh, Wisconsin signed him, uh, or at least he committed to them out of high school, right? Mm-hmm. And and um, <clears throat> and the crowd love him. Um, the fans are awesome. The Rock were, were rowdy, and the fans are great. And I just really, really wanted to win this one for them. And so um, we'll go back and try to get this next one. And it'll be the last game before an early bye week, which will come in week five. And so it's a BYU-Wisconsin next week. Uh, BYU fans, we'll see you with Coach Satake uh, Tuesday night at uh, BYU TV. Uh, get your seats for the uh, Coach's Show Monday at 11 a.m. at byucougars.com slash show. And then we'll see you with us uh, for the show at Studio C Tuesday night. So, uh, Coach, have a great week, and we'll see you then. Thank you. All Appreciate right. it. Thank you. That's Coach yeah. Kalani Satake. We'll come back and get to Cougar Nation now here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions at Greg Rubel using the hashtag BYUCNN. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Wow, snap back to reality. Uh, somebody uh, tweets in uh, thanking us for our coverage, for the late-night coverage of BYU football. He said, I'm enjoying post-game while filling sandbags for Irma, for oh, Hurricane boy. Irma in Florida. That was Joshua Matson uh, tweeting that in. So I uh, mm-hmm. hope you stay safe as yeah. people down there get ready for what's to come and who knows what's to come uh, down there. What's to come for BYU is a Wisconsin rolling into Provo next Saturday afternoon. BYU will be 1-2. When that game happens, this is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. That's hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. So if you'd like to uh, join us and give us discussion points to rally around, you can do so. Use the hashtag BYUCNN. That's BYU Cougar Nation now. That's what we'll do here on this show. Uh, Greg Rubel and Mark Lines, Nate Mickle, we kick around a few discussion topics. We usually get them from you. You kind of send us one direction, and then we take that discussion and uh, see where it leads us. And uh, tonight, BYU is a loser to Utah by a score of 19-13. to 13. And you know, I'm sure that Kalani, the noted defensive coach, comes into this rivalry as the BYU head coach and thought, you know what, if we can hold Utah to 20-19 and 19 in back-to-back years, probably going to win one of those games, if not both of those games. And uh, in neither of those years, did BYU find enough offense to outscore Utah. 19 points last year, 13 points this year. And in the words of Kalani a short time ago, 13's not going to get it done, and it didn't tonight. Pretty tough to see him. He was pretty crushed. You know, he was uh, pretty broken tonight. So I know that uh, he is really disappointed that uh, they weren't able to perform better and, uh, in fact, you know, well enough to get the win. That was what I I just felt that, uh, man, he, he just is hurting. You know, I think if you, if you could create eight turnovers, that would also give you a, a really high probability of winning. 
eight turnovers in the two, two games. games. They did. And then Utah was a team noted for not turning it over against right. BYU. So in the last two years, they turn it over eight times and don't lose either of but, those games. Right. You know, and I last year I made a big deal about how turnovers aren't always the same as all turnovers. Because Kainakua made the interception, you know, in the end zone. And that was one of those turnovers. So it certainly prevented them from scoring. But it doesn't help set you up for scores. They get a turnover, and it's a touchdown. And uh, so they get points out of that situation. And and, uh, same thing in the bowl game. Man, they got all those turnovers that just turned into points for them. And so if you can uh, get the short field, such as tonight, BYU gets the fumble, moves the ball 22 yards, get a touchdown. When you get that short field coming out of a turnover, then it's more meaningful than uh, getting that other uh, field fumble that's going to be down at the 20-yard line. Even with that one short field, was it 23, 24 yards after the Utah turnover? 22 yards. BYU still ended up minus eight in average starting field position tonight. Uh, they gave Utah a short field one or two times as well on picks. BYU lost the average starting field position battle, lost the turnover margin, and if you lose those two, you, you, you might hang yeah. in the game, but you're probably not going to win. The one thing BYU did win of the th- big three I looked to, I looked at field position, turnover margin, third downs. BYU did win right. third downs. Utah only converted third downs uh, three times all night, and two of them came on one drive, which was rather key at the time. So if you win just the one of the three, uh, you know, good luck to you. You're probably not going to win, but you may hang in there, and that's exactly what BYU did uh, tonight. But, again, the field position battle the last two weeks has not gone BYU's way, and they've lost both of those games. On Twitter, uh, Chappie tweets in, my man Chappie, he said, it seems that Tanner's confident on three-step drops and not a lot else. Am I reading that correctly? What did... Uh, what clicked for Tanner on the one drive late in the game where he marched BYU down and just looked really good on the series and looked comfortable. Where, where do you guys see Tanner looking the best right now? Uh, my impression is he's operating better out of shotgun than under center. Yeah, I would uh, say, yeah. And and my impression also is that uh, when BYU went tempo tonight, it seemed that things were a little uh, a little better for the team. Yeah, I felt so too. I felt, And uh, I even think that uh, if you were to do that in practice, that's the key, I think, to getting uh, an increased number of productivity out of your practice. So if you're able to more run more plays in a game through that situation, if you ran that in practice, you get a more opportunity, more repetitions, and therefore you should have a chance to make the team at least feel like they're doing more in order to improve. And when you go tempo, I mean, one of the reasons you go tempo is because it makes it difficult for the defense to dial up anything creative. When you go nice and slow and you bring out your package and you huddle, the defense analyzes what you're doing. They make the calls based on the personnel you have. They're going to get a little more fancy with the defense. But when you're going tempo, the D's usually just playing pretty much base or trying to throw in a wrinkle or two here there, here, there, but it's so much harder for them to dial up the specifically tailored defense. And it seems like Tanner thrives when he's just able to go. Yeah, I do like a huddle. Uh, however, I, I don't know if I like BYU's huddle. I like <laughs> to uh, get in the huddle and look in the eyes of the players and convince them that this is going to work. Yeah, but you, you know? didn't play with the uh, up-tempo. We didn't and have that. You didn't see how good it can be we had when a, you don't look them in their we eyes. We had pronto, pronto. So uh, if you came out and yelled pronto, pronto, everybody got back to the line of scrimmage and you ran the five-yard out. And if the guy was covered, you threw it over his head. And if it was that way, you had to stop the clock. That was our two-minute offense. I'm going to start calling BYU's tempo offense pronto. Pronto, pronto. Uh, Two tweets to come back-to-back here from Matt up on Idaho and Keegan Huntsman. And they both say relatively the same thing. Matt says, 
Is it time for the coaching staff to switch to more a more up-tempo spread and dump the pro style? Keegan says, should we expect to see more shotgun spread next week? It seems Tanner is a lot more comfortable in a hurry-up spread. And uh, I, I don't know that, that, that Ty is ready to um, take everything that he planned for and toss it, but the results are the results through three weeks. BYU's not scored more than 20 points in either week, and they were shut out in one of them. And Kalani said it's a top-to-bottom reevaluation right now. I really wouldn't say that anything's out of question right now when it comes to what BYU plans to do offensively to get this thing going. So a couple things, too. They've got to figure out how to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers. So who's somebody that's a playmaker that's not getting the ball? Last week, I don't think Jonah was targeted. No, he had one catch, one catch. Uh, on the year coming into last coming into tonight. Okay. Tonight, the year. Well, his but I think catch he, his catch was in the first State. game, yeah, right? He did have yeah, it was, it was one Portland State and then zero against And then Illinois. zero last week, and then he had one catch tonight for four So yards. two catches. For your now senior. He's, now, he's the guy that had the most receptions of anybody returning right. to BYU this year, and he has two catches in three games. Two catches. And you see, when he gets the yeah. ball, he's dynamic. You, he was a rocket. Yeah, so when he got he, that he, kickoff he, he, return. He got, he got one early end around that made a few yards right. at the big kickoff return. But, yes, he is fast. Led the team in receptions. Dynamic is somebody that is a playmaker. Ula so, Tolutau. I would just want to throw one more thing in. Uh, Utah ran a couple of creative wide receiver screens, and it would be easy to get uh, yeah. Trinaman uh, ball screen. with the screen. Yeah. Right. Uh, Ula Tolutau uh, came in tonight and was a spark, but that was the only consistent usage he had. One series of a short yard field, 24. He ends up with five carries. And I would think that next week that number is going to be quadrupled. Right. And so that's where I was going next. He runs four times in a row. He scores the first touchdown for BYU in eight quarters. For eight quarters, they would not gotten into the end zone. Ula touched the ball four times in a row. Boom. Was moving it with stiff arm. Did you see the stiff arm that he gave? Gets into the end zone. Ula touched the ball. Or he had one more official carry. So his touchdown was with 10 minutes left in the third quarter, and he had one more official carry the entire game. So, I mean, he, that's another missed opportunity tonight. Fully expect him to get a lot of touches next week, but, oh, they could have used him more tonight. Good point. Playmakers, and uh, Utah knows who they are, and they go to them. And those are the, you know, Carrington and Huntley were the guys. They went to Nakua for a stretch there, yeah. which was really helpful. But they have multi. You, you said at one point, um, I like the options they have. They have options every play, uh, multiple playmaking options. And even though they were not a very good third down team tonight and they were backing themselves up on penalties all night, and, and Kyle said there's a lot to work on, I think he feels confident that there's a real core he can work with and build on. Yeah. And BYU's still trying to find the core. I was, right. I was, and BYU's trying to get their core players reps. Again, Trinaman two catches in three games, and Tolu Tau six carries in three games. I grant that he wasn't feeling great. Now he's feeling better, I guess, health-wise is what we're told. But uh, BYU has to find the playmakers and in a hurry because you're already almost a quarter of the way through the season. Right. We'll take a break. This is Cougar Nation Now. BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now. Tweet us, hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN. That's how to reach us. You can also email us. We still do take a look at the email occasionally. And that's uh, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation Now, two ends toward the end there. Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu. Email us, tweet us, hashtag BYUCNN. Greg and Mark and Nate kicking it around on Cougar Nation Now. (music) 
Back at LaVille Edwards Stadium here in Provo, Utah. Sellout crowd 63,470 sees Utah defeat BYU by a score of 19-13. to Seven in a row for the U. BYU plays in Salt Lake City next year back here in 2019. That would make it 10 years since Andrew George's overtime catch to defeat the Utes. And so it will have been a long time before BYU gets a home win over the Utes. And uh, that stretch is extended here tonight. Utah, by the way, uh, since joining the Pac-12... In 2011, Utah now improves to 23 and yeah, one in regular season non-conference games, including 17 and 0 now in their last 17 games against regular season. That's what a P5 wants to do: take their chances in their league and destroy everybody else right. uh, out of league. And that's what that's how you get to bowl games. And Utah, when they get to bowl games, wins bowl games. And so credit the U for what they are doing in that league and uh, putting themselves in positions to contend play in the postseason, and then take every non-conference team and uh, and deal with them the way that a P5 hopes to deal with the non-P5s. And that's what Utah's doing right and now. And then you get a transfer like Carrington. I mean, you already got things rolling on defense, and then you get Carrington, and, man, he's a player. I was watching him pregame. He reminded me of Todd Watkins with how fluid and how fast he was. But then he can also go across the middle. I mean, Todd was in he the NFL for jump, quite a few years. Man, but he can jump. Yeah, he can jump and go get it. I mean, he is a legit big-time receiver. It's amazing, and you you can tell like on the first play he runs, I was like, oh, yep. they got somebody yeah. special. I mean, yeah, and you know the, the, the FCS game, I was willing to reserve judgment a little bit because you're going to look good against that. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's and you know forget him, Tyler Huntley, only a sophomore. He's athletic. Again, Kyle brings up a point. They got to have the other guys in the run game around him working some, or oh, else yeah. he's not going to last because of his build. But uh, if, if that dude's healthy, he is a playmaker. But that was the same thing. I mean, that first drive. Yeah, he he carries the ball three times, four I, times, and you'd say, "Holy exactly. cow, that guy's—he's an athlete." I questioned it though. The same same logic. Uh, here he is, the main ball carrier to start the football game. I think they were all set up for him to go that way. Does BYU have the speed, uh, Carrington like speed, uh, to to do what it needs to do? Stewart Dean asks uh, on Twitter. Lack of a deep threat and RB speed makes the offense too predictable. How do you move the ball when defenses can pin their ears back? That's from Stewart tonight asking. And uh, we mentioned Trinneman's speed, yet he's only seen two times. If your fastest guy is in your best player is Darren Carrington, he's not getting two targets in three games. Oh. And, and again, Trinneman probably deserves a few more. Sorry, Mark, go ahead. No, you can say it. That's right. You can probably merits a few more looks than he's getting uh, because he's the one guy that can, uh, can probably you know, make uh, somebody have to ca- you know, catch up to him down the field. Cody Hoffman, Eric Drage, Andy Boyce. Yeah. All guys with average speed, but knew where to go. Yeah, and so uh, and and catch the football. But if you have a Carrington who knows where to go and has the speed, has I good. mean, that's, it's all that's the better. A nice thing. But against our zone, though, he just wandered out there to an open area and just waited and ping, yeah. here comes the ball. So, uh, yeah, in man-to-man cover, I think those things would help. But still, uh, Cody Hoffman would still position his body and get the ball on the correct side, and he makes those catches. And I, I think. That uh, today, uh, I thought Tanner did a nice job on his completions early in the game because they were very closely contested, and he put it on the right side uh, away from the defender, and those guys made some catches. They weren't consistent enough to keep it going. Yeah, you do make a good point, though. I mean, there are so many little things that a wide receiver, a quarterback, the offensive line can do that make all the difference. If the wide receiver recognizes zone, just a 
step sooner than the, like, you know, if the experienced one recognizes the zone a step sooner than the new guy, that makes all the difference because then he settles and Tanner's ready to throw right then. The offensive line has just given you a a second longer, count longer. All those little things add up, and, and you can tell right now that those little things are not adding up for the BYU offense. Robert Harkness on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN. What's the status of Tanner Mangum? He looked hurt after the last play, and he was limping around a little bit, so I guess something to keep an eye on uh, this week and into next weekend is how he recovers. He may have gotten dinged very, very at the very, very end, as Robert notices, and you saw him down there, too, kind of hobbled a little bit yeah. after the game, and that's going to happen. Every guy's hobbling after yeah. the game yeah. down so there, but uh, we'll yeah, see. Keep, we'll an keep, keep an eye and uh, and uh, something to think about, but, uh, uh, you know, they, they that's why you've got, you know, backups things like guys get hurt and the next guy is going to get ready to roll but uh nothing to really look at right now just something to observe as robert did and uh see where it takes us uh to do uh nick asks a simple question uh hashtag byucnn what does the offense need to do to create consistent rhythm and we've already referenced how BYU's second touchdown drive was one that featured a lot of tempo, and uh, tempo. and one of which which Tanner I thought looked his most natural and right. fluid. Uh, would you agree on the on the observation of fluidity? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I kept getting text messages like, "Hey, it's the Tanner that we've seen before, you know, from a couple of years ago. That's the oh. Tanner when he's running around, making stuff happen, getting outside the pocket, making plays, backyard football. I mean, that's where Tanner shines." Well, I really think that. Uh this week in his preparation, he got out of that uh, tight feeling. I, I think that uh, I think he got a better opportunity this week in practice to recognize I was so tight, I was so edgy in that uh, LSU game, and, and I think today he just came out to try and say I'm going to compete. And so when he threw that first interception, he was making a throw to a guy and, and trying to make He's a, a play. Downfield play, yeah. Yeah, so. and the the guy was just got in line and made the pick. And so I, I like the idea that he was competing, he was contesting, and uh, I'm going to make this play. And uh, yeah, the guy made the pick, but. Uh, I felt as though he was more prepared to play today than last week. And I did want to mention his three interceptions. So the first one, first interception, he's trying to make a play, but it's, I mean, that's just a bad read. Safety's right there. Tanner never saw him. Bad read. He'll want that one back all the time. Uh, The other two, you know, the one he throws into the line, gets tipped, batted around, guy picks it, you know, stuff like that happens. The other one he threw deep. He got hit while he was throwing it, ended up overthrowing it. Uh, the receiver jumped too early. Yeah. Uh, you know, those happen. I, I, do we keep track of how many tip balls there are? Oh, yeah. Because that, Tanner's had a lot Tanner of tip balls. That is something that uh, at right the line now, especially, yeah, at mean? the line. And, and so, Corbin yeah. Kafusi, our 6'10 guy, <laughs> I haven't seen sure him not. have them. Right, you just keep wondering when BYU's going to start getting some of those tip so, balls. So in relationship to that, I don't like the chop block very much, the cut block with the offensive line very much. But on the other hand, I do like how when you cut a defensive lineman, he doesn't have his hands right. up in the air to tip the ball. When you're cutting a line, uh, a defender, he's worried about what you're doing down there on his legs, and he's not going to have his hands up to help tip the ball. Hey, tonight's winner of Les Olson's How Do You Cheer contest is uh, Ms. Mindy at Mama MJG on Twitter. She submitted her fan pick for tonight, and she receives a $100 Amazon gift card courtesy of Les Olson. 
And that was our Les Olson How Do You Cheer contest tonight. Uh, you post your fan picks every home game day at hashtag Les Olson IT. And so too, Mindy is our winner tonight. You'll hear from us, and we'll get that Amazon gift card to you. Question before the break coming in on Twitter on hashtag BYUCNN, Cougar Nation now. Chad Warren asks, did Tanner find his confidence and rhythm tonight, and could he carry this forward? Is this a thing, or was it just situational? How do you think he looked? Did he look good enough late to say, yeah, this is the guy that, uh, that we expect to lead BYU moving forward? Well, I think he looked better, uh, but it you know a lot depends on next week. Wisconsin's going to have a very good defense, a good defensive line, good secondary. So I don't. I feel like it's less about him finding the rhythm. I feel like it's more about the offense figuring out their identity and who they're going to throw to and what plays to run. Tanner has the ability. We've seen it. Sure. So I feel like it, it's more about identifying the scheme and the players rather than this like motivational element or this yeah. confidence element of Tanner. Yeah, I agree. And the timing changes because you're you're in rhythm. Yeah, you catch, step, throw. Catch, step, throw. Uh, you find the guy; he's got his feet moving. Step and deliver. So I do think that uh, he's. Uh, I, th- I think he's fine. I just think that uh, the opponents have created a lot of problems. I thought LSU was better than I expected them to be. Uh, I do think that uh, uh, I well, Wisconsin's going to be a problem. But I was worried, I, I'm going to say this out loud, after the LSU game, I was worried about everybody left. Now I'm not. Uh, I think that they played well enough today and showed enough improvement today that I'm not worried about... Uh, yeah, ranked teams are going to be tough. Got to score more points, Mark. Ranked teams are going to be hard. Yeah, right. and and we've played three ranked teams. We play three ranked teams in a row. But on the other side, uh, when we get into those ordinary teams, I think it's going to be. Uh, I think we're going to see some football. BYU Creamery Cougar Nation. Now we'll take a break. We'll continue with you. Hashtag BYUCNN. Hashtag BYUCNN is our. Uh, way to reach us on Twitter, you can email us, BYU, uh, Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu. We'll go to emails and tweets after this. BYU falls to Utah 19 to 13 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so back here at Lavelle Bridge Stadium in Provo, Utah. BYU falls to Utah by a score of 19-13. to Coming up at the end of this segment, we'll have BYU Creamery's Inside Scoop Trivia, giving you a chance to win two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. I said we go to the emails, and uh, let's go to an email from David Hull, emailing in on Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. What is up with the usage of Squally Canada? Squally was the preferred running back week one uh, into week two, and today we saw... Uh, not much, much of him, more of Kavika Fonua and Ula Tolutau. And it seemed to me, uh, Nate and Mark, that uh, Kalani was indicating Ula's going to be the bell cow for the uh, yeah. for the uh, uh, short like term, it. at least moving forward, yes? Yeah, and it looks like uh, Kavika is the number two. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, and they moved Riley Bird out. And uh, so the fact that Kalani said the committee thing doesn't seem to be working, uh, he wants somebody to pack the mail. I mean, you look at the uh, carries, Ula had 5 for 25, Kavika 8 for 22, Squally had 1 for 3. So, I mean, that's what it's, that's where it's trending. Can I just say something about the defense real quick? Mm-hmm. There's some studs over there. <laughs> Fred Warner 
is a player. He's always making plays. Sione Takitaki, his stats tonight, yeah. uh, you know, they don't jump out at you. So he had one solo tackle, two assists for three total. That doesn't count the three times that he got held. So those are basically three more sacks, for each at 10 yards. Uh, you've got Kairos Tonga. He is yeah. making plays. He blows up the defensive line a bunch. And then uh, Matt Hadley, I've been really impressed with him. Uh, you know, you lose Francis Bernard at the beginning of the year, and you think there's going to be a big drop-off there. Matt Hadley steps up, and he plays sideline to sideline. He shoots the gap. He's done a really nice job. And then one of my favorite players is Diane. Wallaku. <laughs> he makes so many tackles on, whether it's punt. Yeah. You know, not all corners can tackle. Yeah. And I like seeing the ball get out to the flat where he's at because he'll hit you. He is. He'll get in your face. And uh, we saw last year he'll get interceptions, and when he gets the ball in his hands, he can do something with it. I'd like to see him on kick return. You can put him running back. Anyway, I've just been real impressed with uh, Diane. Yeah, I agree that uh, he had a tough matchup tonight. But I liked how he was chattering with oh, yeah. uh, He'll get in your Covington, face. and Covington yeah, was back chattering down. back, right. and they pushed each other a little. Yeah, so it was competitive. Email, Chris Butters. He said, I can't imagine there being anything bigger for a BYU player to get excited about than a game against Utah. But once again, in his uh, estimation, this team started the game flat. Three games now makes a trend, and I wonder, does Nate have any feeling for what's been going on down on the sideline with regards to emotions and general vibe? Yeah, so the whole flat thing, I, I've got a different take than most people on that. Um, but my take is when you're playing well, it's it's easy to not be flat. Yeah, it's, I mean, when you've got fun, something yeah. to cheer about, when, you, when you're attacking weaknesses in the defense, it's easy to get excited. And when you start slow, when you're not physically superior, when your scheme is not attacking obvious weaknesses, it's hard to get excited. It's just like the fans. You say, uh, you know, well, why didn't the fans get into it for the second, third quarter? It's like, well, there's nothing to get into when the team's not playing well. And as a player, when you're just not connecting, when you're not in a rhythm, it's hard. You're going to be flat. And and so people think that being flat leads to the bad play. And I think in the overwhelming majority of the cases, it's the bad play that leads to the Flat. Team being flat. Can I just say something about the offense? Since Nate led in with that same concept, with can I just say something about the defense? I want you to feel right at home here, Mark. Well, thank, me you. And Nate. <laughs> thank you. Yep. We saw a lot of new stuff tonight. We saw a lot. We saw people position changes uh, as they before the snap. So we made a switch with the tight end from side to side. We saw motion, and we saw motion going back and forth. We haven't seen any motion in either of the two games. We saw uh, some trip formations uh, that were uh, unique, and uh, then we motioned out of the backfield with the running back. So there was an attempt made tonight to uh, attack this man-to-man defense a little bit by moving people around and trying to uh, create some problems, some mismatches. And uh, so I felt as though that there was... uh, uh, more opportunities for more offense tonight to because of the changes that they made. Email from Scott in Orem. Scott Paul says, Nate, as a former receiver, how do you evaluate BYU's receiver play generally? What about Hefo, Bo Tanner, and Simon particularly? And I've had a couple of questions tweeted in about Micah Simon. Yeah. And uh, Micah had three catches coming in two tonight, and Micah did not have a catch tonight. But he was targeted on at least one play that I called that I remember. Yeah, Hefo right now is just kind of the biggest frustration for everybody. And, and like Kalani said, uh, nobody's more frustrated 
with Hifo than Hifo just because he had the big drop. The guy has just an incredible ability. You watch his routes in one-on-one. He's fantastic, and it's just yet to translate. Like Kalani said, he's a true sophomore, uh, so hopefully he can get it because he has the physical ability, but right now he's just been un- unable to put it together. And uh, had the, uh, the offensive P.I. that took away the touchdown tonight. Yeah, and that, that's just bad. I mean, Now, Spencer tweets that. in about that. He says he wasn't at the games who couldn't see. Were the two offensive P.I. calls on both the touchdowns, one for Utah, one for BYU, legit? Yeah. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're just blatant. And you got it's not hard. I mean, you just run a little out route and you pretend like, you know, you look back for the ball and you bump into the guy. There are lots of different ways you can run that pick play that to not get called. Uh, I've been impressed with Simon when he gets in there. Uh, he hasn't had a lot of opportunities, but he yeah. makes catches when he gets in there. Um, but I just think of Bushman. I mean, Bushman is a player. You can tell he's a player. He's making plays. He's a player. Was there another You're receiver right. that they mentioned? Uh, he was so athletic to Tipped the ball to himself and Bo jumped Tanner. to the defender. Bo oh, yeah, Bo Tanner. His. So I, I think Bo's just struggling a little bit. There are just little things that he does that shows that he's that he's young. So, I mean, I think back to last week, that vertical he's running on LSU. You're running a vertical and the ball's underthrown. So what do you got to do? I mean, you adjust, you come back, and I think Bo was just so focused on running as fast as he could, just go as fast as his little legs could carry him. And he forgot to actually catch the ball when it's when it's laid up. You got to come back to it, and that's just a little thing that, you know, somebody like Austin Collie is a freshman. You don't have to teach Austin Collie to come back for the ball when it's a little bit short, you know. So I think they're just little things that these guys are, you know, that we're talking about the little things earlier that the receivers can do, and that's one of them. They're just not quite grasping. But then you got a guy like Bushman, and he just gets it. I mean, that little climb route he ran tonight where Tanner threw it over the linebacker, dropped yeah. it over the linebacker, but underneath yeah, the I safety. Yeah, I was in trouble. And Mark, went, Mark goes, oh, it's just yeah. thrown, and it's a beautiful completion. <laughs> but, to, to yeah, he lofted it right over those guys because most of his other throws were on the line, and that one would have been in trouble if it was on a line. So it's just interesting that a freshman like Bushman just gets it already. He, uh, he already gets these little things, and these other young guys, they don't get it yet, and it doesn't mean they won't get it, uh, but you it doesn't mean they will either. I mean, just because you get older doesn't mean you're going to pick up on all these little things. So hopefully they do because they do have some physical abilities. They just need a, a lot of the mental stuff right now. Alyssa Crap tweets in, uh, thoughts on the offensive line's role in the offensive work in progress, quote-unquote, offensive line. The offensive line, I feel, is uh, adequate. Uh, I thought that um, – in those first two games, I thought that they they do a pretty they, well. They do a great job coming off the ball. They get off the ball really well. They make good contact. They're strong. They're big, and they're uh, they they do a good job. Now, they uh, I don't know that they're moving people uh, off the ball as a unit. I think some of them do sometimes, and uh, some of them don't. Uh, what you want to try and do is be able to get off the ball enough and stand up that lineman and push him back enough that you cut off that uh, scraping linebacker so the linebacker has a hard time getting into the gap that you're running the football because too many times the safeties are coming up and those linebackers are coming over and uh, they're doing an okay job at the defensive front but uh, aren't able to uh, get to that second level. However, in this game, surprisingly, I think it was a defensive lineman that was second uh, yeah, uh, Chase Hansen was first in their tackles, and uh, who was number two? Number five. Who, who was it? Number five. Number, is, who's number five? Number Mark? five is. Oh yeah, the second. <laughs> who Your was guy. That? <laughs> Come on, Mark. It's late. Diane Gawoluku. You really went. 
I couldn't believe how you just ripped that. Well, it's just Lufthansa saga, isn't it? Yeah, it's a love Futusa saga. Sorry, you you talking about Utah right now? Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about Utah. Yeah, Kavika Lua Fatasonga. Yeah, Lua. Yeah, yeah that's Lua Fatasonga. So, what position is uh, Lua Fatasonga? He's the rover linebacker. Yeah, see, and he's second in tackles, and so, uh, uh, oh, it's there. It is Fotu. He's the lineman. Leke Fotu. Leke Fotu. Yeah, he had. Uh, well, at halftime, he had three tackles, and at the end of the game, he had the same number. But uh, Utah has only real two names you got to, you know, really, really do a lot of work on, and that's uh, Siali Fakalawatonga and uh, Kavika Luofatasonga. And once you got those, you're good. Wishnowski. How about Wishnowski? Well, Mitch Wishnowski's nothing. That's that's nothing. You don't even need phonetics on that one. I mean, Lotulele. You know, that might for newcomers. I mean, that'd yeah, be a little yeah, harder, but, but uh, yeah, for us, that's no big deal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, the offensive line uh, shows improvement each week, and uh, they still have some ways to go. I'd really like, though, it was surprising to me that when Ula came in, uh, man, he had gaps to run through. Yeah. And uh, he he powered through there in a hurry, and when he got to the second level, he ran right through those linebackers. And he kept his balance. Yeah, and, and uh, so that was the part that I was pretty impressed with, is that if you give him a little room at the line of scrimmage and he has an opening, he's going to get through there, and he has enough strength and power and weight, probably, that uh, Not the probably. Line- he does. I mean, he's <laughs> the load. linebackers have to square up in order to tackle him. How much is Ula? 280? 270? Says, says 255. He's heavier than 255. I promise you that. Between Fonu, uh, between Fonua and uh, Tolu Tau, they've got some boys back there. They're, they're big fellas. Uh, tweet in from Preston, our man Preston Norton, asking about Micah Hanneman. Where was Micah in the second half? We missed the first half, missed the whole game. And Kalani was asked about it in the press yeah. conference. And I think Kalani alluded to the fact that... Uh, uh, there's a teaching moment going on here about uh, making sure he knows the importance of uh, tackling properly and not targeting. It's two and three games, and I think you could maybe infer or read into it that uh, he was mandated to miss a half, and we mandated that he missed the other half. Yeah, that's kind of what it seemed like. Never even dressed for the second half. Yeah. So uh, in regards to that, last week they brought in Hefo. And he was leading tackler in that last week's game. And he was out there again today, as was Austin Lee getting his hey, first Hey, I was reps. impressed with Austin Lee. I thought he did a nice job. But Hifo uh, wasn't out there as much as I thought he would I wouldn't would say as been. much as last week. But yeah. Austin Lee was available where he had not been before. I see. Oh, he wasn't. Okay. Yeah. He, he'd been uh, a little slow coming Austin, back from something. Uh, yeah, I've seen Austin Lee do uh, some really good things. I practice. saw him. He, he, he shed a block really well, came up, shed the block, and made the play. And not everybody can do that. And it was yeah. just one play for me. But I thought, wow, good for him. Let's uh, wrap up Cougar Nation now by giving our listeners a chance to win a couple of half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. And you can do this by uh, sending in your correct answer either via the email, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu, or on the Twitter with the hashtag BYUCNN. BYU plays Wisconsin next week. Absolutely. Question to you, who is Wisconsin's all-time career rushing leader? Oh, I think I know that. Single season, single season's Melvin Gordon. Now with the Chargers, but that's not the career rushing leader. Oh, the career. He's the career rushing leader for Wisconsin. And a spoiler alert, he was also the career rushing leader for the NCAA for a time and may still be, yes, actually. I knew it. Okay, so I that's our looked, question. And Mark think, Mark's hand is up. Mark thinks he knows it. Mark, tweet, tweet in, hashtag BYUCNN, oh. or you can email me. I wonder Just email if my me. wife's up. 
Cooper oh, Nation God. now at BYU.edu. So uh, first I'm not allowed to win. I'm going to tell you during the break, and if nobody nobody gets it right, then I get it. Okay, first, I know it. first correct answer, uh, and I'm going to look at the email timestamp, and we'll look at the Twitter timestamp. First correct answer, who is Wisconsin's career rushing leader? BYU plays the Badgers next week. And speaking of badgering people, uh, Wisconsin had a running back go for 200-plus and a running back go for 100-plus in the same game today. That's coming into Provo next week. This is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, and that's our Inside Scoop trivia brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Inside Scoop trivia answer and show close coming up next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Lots of correct answers coming in, but the first one came in from Richard and Joyce McCune, and they said the answer to tonight's skill testing trivia question and the inside scoop trivia brought to you by BYU Creamery is Ron Dane. Yes. Ron Dane, who is the career NCAA rushing leader over Ricky Williams. Ron Dane, 6,397 yards at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is such a good school running the football that they've got number one, number 14, and number 25 in career rushing yards. <laughs> oh, yeah. Monty One is Ball. Dane, 14's Monte oh, Ball, Ball, yeah. And then 25 is Melvin Gordon. Okay, so how about this? Melvin Gordon, we saw Melvin Gordon play at Camp Randall. Yeah, we did. Who would you rather have on your team, Darius Geis or Melvin Gordon? Because I know who I would choose, and I wouldn't even think twice about it. I would take Darius Geis. I would choose Geis. He was phenomenal. Yeah. And he only averaged about five yards of carry last week. But he is, I don't think I've ever seen a better running back live. I played running back my whole life until my final two years of college. He was your best running so back I've, live, you I've thought? Play, you know, I've watched running backs. He's the best running back I've seen live in college. Gordon would try to run lateral. That's where the part that I didn't like so much. So he'd get into the line. He was good in the line. But he, there were times he would get up to the line and then try and bounce out and get lateral and you could get to him. What did uh, what I know? Guys uh, had two touchdowns today in the uh, win over who did they have Chattanooga today? Chattanooga at LSU. Uh, guys was uh, you know I think guys again the the uh, yards per carry average that he had last week wasn't spectacular, but uh, you know but he was he was every bit the handful I thought he, he was going to be. He breaks tackles and he's quick and fast. How many times and did powerful BYU hit him thinking they had him oh, yeah. and he kept going and Pardon going me, boys. and going. Is that the Chattanooga choo choo? Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. Chattanooga. The must Chattanooga. Be, must, be, uh, must be 10 to 2 they in the morning. Put up some points today. Yeah, it, it feels like it's that time of night. Uh, but I am curious for my own uh, knowledge. I want to see how Geist did today against Chattanooga. I'm just going to pull up his stat real quick. I know he scored twice. Darius Geis, who did, who did score twice, had a 15 for Bucko 2. Uh, 6.8 per carry, a uh, long of 25, and a couple of scores today. How about his bat? Oh, do you have all of them there? I, the guy that was behind him was... Darrell Williams? Yeah. Uh, he was 8 for 38, a couple scores as well. Hmm. Long of 12. Uh, Leonard Fournette's brother, Lennard. Yes, Lennard Fournette had one carry for seven yards. How Rosette, Nick Rosette had uh, 11 for 63, 5.7. Etling, by the way, how's this for efficient? This can't be right. He completed... Eight passes for 227 yards. <laughs> he was eight for 14 was for 227. Chalk? Chalk? DJ Chark? Chark. You talking about him? Chark was uh, three for a bucko three today. Hmm. So he, he had three for a bucko three. That's averaging 34. 
One guy had a catch for 46. One guy had a catch for 37, 36. One guy had a catch for 27. So every catch they, those guys made were all big gainers, and Etling completes eight passes for 227. I like those. I like their guys. I, I thought I hope LSU they're good. Would, I, I think they're going to be real. I hope I they're going to be LSU really, really good. I thought LSU better than Utah. Well, yeah. Not everybody from the Utah area thought that they were. Oh, really? I, I, th- I thought, yeah, well. Utah probably feels it should have won tonight's game by more than just six points. There were yeah, a lot of self-inflicted sure. errors that they uh, probably felt kept the point total down. And when you get inside the 10 three times and score only nine points, I think that would be a surprise to Kyle and his group. Yeah. All right. Hey, congratulations uh, to Richard and Joyce McCune for answering our skill testing trivia. Well, I don't know. It came from a joint email, but it could be that just Richard figured it out or just Joyce figured it out. Mm -hmm. But either way, it's a joint email, and uh, they can split the half gallons. Each gets a half gallon as far as I'm concerned. So way to go, Richard and Joyce. We appreciate it. Does each get a quarter gallon? Uh -uh, They each get a half. There's two half gallons. They win two half gallons. You get two half gallons. You get a full gallon of ice cream. Isn't it amazing how just sometimes I just... I just don't pay. I don't pay attention to some details in my you wife. Couldn't win. Just yeah, right. I guess that's it. Yeah. Sometimes you're more book smart than, than uh, just like than observational smart. smart. Yeah. yeah, but not too often. I'm not like ditzy though, but I'm just I just ignore things. You're a sharp that guy. I'm not as interested. You're in. a sharp. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, hey, uh, probably is that time. Our board operator Carter's looking at his watch, going, "It's 4 a.m." and I'm listening to these guys. <laughs> Talk What's about wrong with my life? Um, so let's uh, let's wrap it up here. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you again next week with more football. It'll be BYU and Wisconsin, 11:30 a.m. pregame, 1:30 p.m. kick. A rare, a rare trip on. to the mountains. Uh, Wisconsin doesn't play games in the mountain time zone. They just don't. They've played thousands of games, and they almost never come out here. Too bad it's not at night so that they could fall asleep later, like every <laughs> team did last year. Their body clock situation last yeah. year. I'd rather have them hey, at, with the heat of the day. Which, heat of the day at altitude. Yes. Did you see Kansas City, who the running back was for Kansas City the other night? No. It Kareem was the Hunt, Hunt kid. Kareem Hunt from Toledo. That came from in Toledo, oh, yeah. and he tore it up. Kareem was good. And so somebody in this booth, um, somebody in this booth still takes part in fantasy football on a very down-low basis. And uh, even before Spencer Ware was hurt, one of us was drafting Kareem Hunt. And that person also started Kareem Hunt the other night and feels pretty good about that. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I like Kareem Hunt. Ever since I saw him that night, I said, that's my guy. So there it is. Uh, But Jamal was more of my guy. And Jamal had the record, uh, BYU rushing record night that that night. So good for him. All right, let's, uh, let's say so long. Let's thank all those who made our broadcast possible. A lot of folks to thank. We'll do it quickly. But our board operator, Carter Malloy, back east, staying up late with us. Our network manager, Mike Tingle, coordinating producer, Dave Shook. Our appreciation to all the good folks at uh, BYU Broadcasting who uh, help us get on the air and stay on the air. And Barry Squires, our chief engineer, Sean Fay, engineer from BYUB. We had our interns, Tommy Johnson and Emma Latin, helping out tonight. Spotter, Doug Martin, statsman, Ralph Sokolowski. Sports information staff from BYU, Duff Tittle, Brett Pine, Kenny Cox, Jenny Wheeler, and others. Great help from everybody. And that just leaves the uh, the broadcast crew. You? And you? And me? And? Yeah, some of my family texted me the answer. <laughs> don't text Don't text me, Ron Dane. Text Cougar Nation now. Get that ice cream. Get that quarter-gallon ice cream. Like the McCunes did. And they won it. And uh, that's Nate Mickle. So Nate Mickle to my right. Mark Lyons to my left. My name is Greg Rubel. That's it. That's everybody. So uh, Cougar Nation, thank you for tuning in tonight. Wish it would have turned out better for us all. Did not. Take another crack at it next week with the Badgers yeah. in town. Take another crack at Utah next year. Yeah. In Salt Lake City. 
19-13 is our final score tonight. Utah over BYU. Hope you enjoyed the broadcast as much as you can when BYU doesn't win. We know it's tough, but hey, we'll be doing it again next week and hope for better. So for Nate and Mark, my name is Greg. Thanking you for tuning in, saying, in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo, Utah.